Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Well, Jundo, if I understand correctly, you're running out of toilet paper. Please, somebody, airlift us toilet paper. The shelves are empty here. The coronavirus, of course, naturally has run us into a toilet paper panic. I can't get toilet paper here in Japan. That That's pretty stunning. We haven't had that yet. We have seen a number of things that are in short supply. For example, um, my partner was at the supermarket the other day, and she took a photo of the shelf where they sell paracetamol. People in the States use the word acetaminophen for that. Yeah. And the shelf was all empty. People were stocking up. Um, we yeah. haven't seen anything else that's been panic buying yet. But of course, you're closer to it. Well, that kind of uh, makes it. Well, no, I'm not closer. Not in this inter connected world that doesn't make sense anymore i'm no closer to it japan is an island uh everybody's flying airplanes everywhere nobody's closer to it but why toilet paper this is a symbol for how illogical irrational this all is the thinking among some japanese and they don't know why they're doing this they're running into stores grabbing all the toilet paper <laughs> and if you ask them they can't tell you why except they heard from somebody a friend of a uh. friend that all the toilet paper comes from china that's one explanation Okay, yeah. which it doesn't. It doesn't, by the way. The other explanation is because of the face masks, you know, are made of the same material as the toilet paper. Because so many people need face masks, there's going to be a shortage of the material for the toilet paper, which is not true either. And the third one, the one I really like is what you're supposed to do with the toilet paper is wrap it all around your head really tight. That'll keep <laughs> the virus out. You know, you just make holes for your eyes. Like the invisible man. Yeah, which, by the way, some, you know, there, there are so many rumors flying around. Someone said, no, that's not going to work either because the virus is going to get in even in your, your eyes, eyes, you know? Of course. Yeah. Well, the first thing I think we need to be responsible, um, everything I've read says don't buy these surgical masks. They won't help you. And if you buy them, then actual medical professionals who need them for operating rooms won't be able to get them. Well, you know, you've heard, I've read just today 10 conflicting opinions on this face mask thing and this shows really? just how crazy this now most of the experts seem to say no the face masks don't help but then there's this guy who who's sending around an email that came in my box that he got from a friend of a friend it says that on the top from a friend of a friend yeah. that's by some doctor that i couldn't locate who says no the mask keeps you from poking your fingers in your mouth and that's why the mask works but then the other doctor on the tv said no it actually keeps the virus in you got to change the mask every few hours. Well, if you're sick, then you should wear the mask so you don't infect others, and you need to change it every four hours. Yes, but even if you're not sick, somehow it gathers the virus close to you, so it's yeah, actually a virus no, I collector. So. I don't know. You know, that email thing, what was it? H1N1 was the last one we had. Now, I knew someone when I was living in France at the time, and he forwarded me an email he got from someone saying, isn't it a coincidence that such and such company just built a factory to make vaccines 
when this um, illness comes around. And there's a lot of that going around. Why are people so irrational got, around these things? I've heard this is from a secret military base in Wuhan. I've heard that it's... The only good thing I'm going to say is 500 years ago, they would have blamed the witches. First yes. of all, they would have blamed the Jews. Since I'm from Jewish heritage, yes, this would have scared me. Yeah. They would have gone for the Jews. They always go for the Jews. Yeah. But then they would have gone, your neighbor, the lady you don't like, was seen riding a broom, and she's yep. got to be responsible for this. Let's burn her, and that yeah. will solve this. But, you know, we're really no more rational today than we were just 500 years ago. That's the problem. And we have more information. Conflicting information, and, and it's hard to sort out. I mean, I find it very useful to look at, you know, reputable publications, but a lot of people get their news through Facebook, and you can't tell where it's coming from. Um, exactly. And there's too many people who want to create this panic. I mean, one of the stories going around, as you said, a military factory in Wuhan, funded by Bill Gates and George Soros. And the Jews. Uh, well, George Soros is sort of the emblem oh, yes. for the Jews. Right. Yes. Right. right. So. What I'd like to talk uh, a little about today is uh, how Zen and Buddhism should teach us to keep calm, uh, observe this, uh, not panic, but also, uh, you know, let's be a little reasonable and, and, and get our information with some discernment here. Uh, this is not going to kill the world. It's not, uh, as people say, it's worse than the flu, and it seems to be worse than the flu. But Its mortality flu, rate seems to be about 10 times that of the seasonal flu. Yes, but it's the average person seems to be getting symptoms that are fairly mild, not even noticeable in many cases. And uh, the panic is going to do us a lot more harm in many ways than the actual disease. Now, if I, if I was an older person with a chronic condition, they have to take tremendous care. Well, Junto, course. you and I, we're not that young. And if I'm not mistaken, you had a pretty chronic condition a couple of years ago. Wait a second. You're making me panic. Wait. That's, <laughs> you, I didn't you mean, mean it I'm that actually way. At risk? <laughs> oh, my. I'm going to send well, you some toilet paper, Jundo. But no, seriously, it's true that as people get older, they're more susceptible just as to the seasonal flu. There is an aspect of our Buddhist teachings that say um, the following. Take care of your health. Eat in a good way, a balanced way. Wash your hands. Um, wear a face mask if you want. But when your time comes, your time comes. And... Um, there's no reason for us to spend years or months imagining this. When it comes, it comes. Now, the thing about human beings is we have this tremendous propensity to imagine the worst-case scenarios, And I'm prone to it, too. Uh, at least once or twice today, I imagined if I got the coronavirus and my pneumonia came back and I ended up in the hospital, how am I going to say goodbye to my children? Yeah, And, you know, it, it's a human thing to, to see the worst. And in this case, it's about a microbe that we can't see, which makes it even scarier. You know, if you can see the danger, it's one thing. But when it's somehow a hidden, mysterious microbe that could be anywhere, it, it, it really 
it, it feels like it's something we can't control, and this makes it worse. So between the lack of control and the fact that we just envision the worst, uh, people are panicking. But there's a history of this in the human race, um, of the Black Plague. Mm -hmm. We know most about it in Europe where there are written records, but it's certainly um, spread to various places around the world. I know that Chinese history has a number of plagues recorded. I, yes. I think there's this sort of, there used to be tales that people told around the fire um, at night where they would tell of this in the past. And now we've got the books and the movies, and hey, I've read them all. Stephen King's book, The Stand, is about this, except the disease kills, what, 99% of people. Um, there's tons mm. of movies about this. Oddly enough, a lot of these movies have zombies, and I don't think this virus causes zombies. Well, let's wait and see. I, we don't know that That yet. would be at least interesting. Know. Yeah, well, uh, uh, at least I know what to do, because I've seen all the, the TV shows. So uh, <laughs> we're, I'm good for seven seasons of surviving, I think, uh, the zombie uh, apocalypse. But, uh, you know, the, the Black Plague, all these other... Uh, Plagues of the past. I hope we're cheering people up with this netcast. That's actually my intent. <laughs> I want to leave people feeling better with this. I don't know if we're succeeding, but uh, we've I, got I lost, another twenty uh, minutes to get upbeat. Yeah, we'll get. We'll. We'll. Everyone will feel good. Feel good about the virus. You're. You're going to say, "Yay, coronavirus!" in a few minutes. <laughs> so, um, I lost relatives in the nineteen nineteen uh, influenza, um, and in the past, our life expectancy was. Uh, you know, about 40-something. Uh, it, it, now our life expectancy is, is very high. And the fact of the matter is we're much, more, uh, we're much better equipped to deal with this than in the past. That's part of the problem. In the past, this would have just snuck up on the world, and no one would have realized it was happening until it was happening. Now, Well, we're better equipped, so but we travel more. The world is more interconnected. One of the reasons why the 1918 flu epidemic was so bad is because all the soldiers who were coming back from Europe to the various countries, they took it with them. Mm -hmm. Now we have people flying from one continent to another on a daily basis, thousands of people. It's true. And you have to hope that nature has a certain logic of its own, that this will just uh, sort itself out in its way. Uh, you, we just have to trust and go with the flow here and, and hope that the doctors do their jobs too. I think we're much better equipped to deal with this than they were in 1919 or in the, uh, the days of the Black Plague. So that, that gives me some hope. But, yes, uh, but there the is the problem of one country whose president called it a hoax and who is incredibly ill-prepared to deal with something like this, um, attempting to make yeah. it into a political issue, whereas this is a public health issue that's really, that's beyond important. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw the Pope has had to cancel his appointments um, because he was unwell. Now, I don't know if he has a specific virus. No, let's not start a rumor that the, the Pope has the coronavirus. I think he has the flu, which by the flu, even the flu kills. Could be fatal, yeah. One percent of people of get thousands it. thousands of people every year. Yep. And uh, so does driving car. So does falling off of stepladders. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned about the coronavirus, but it's almost as if people are worried about the wrong things. You know, I, I remember when I was living through the, I've told this story before, but I was living through the nuclear meltdown here. And my friend called me from Miami and he, and he, he my friend is a little overweight and I know he's a smoker. And he said, come to Miami. It's not safe to be there. And I said, <laughs> listen, 
I guarantee you that being here next to the leaking nuclear reactor is safer than Miami. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, and I said to my friend Tom, I said, Tom, you know what you should do to live longer? You should move next to the nuclear reactor, lose some weight, and quit smoking. He never spoke to me again. Yeah. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, you know, we our 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 priorities are all wrong. We we eat the wrong stuff. We we smoke. We drive too fast, and then we're worried about a virus that's as sad as it is. 98% of the people who get it are going to be fine. And uh, many people will get it and not even know it. So let's uh, keep our heads screwed on straight. It's true that it's interesting that um, a second person died in the U.S., I think, yesterday. And it was all headlines. But how many people died in car accidents in the U.S. yesterday? This is exactly true. And... Uh, can we say that our hearts go out to all these people? We yes, don't want to make light of, course. of this. <clears throat> of course. One person dying is a tragedy, no matter what the cause. And there are yep. people who love these people. So we're, yep. not, we're not saying that this is nothing. We're saying that it's not a panic situation for the average person. Yet you can't get toilet paper. And yet I can't get... Now, that's making me panic. What am I going to do there? If anyone has toilet paper... Get a helicopter, bring it here. I can sell it for a thousand dollars a roll. We'll make a killing. No, I'm just. I'm not going to do that. I'm just. Kidding. Didn't Dogen have a bit in the show Boganzo about washing hands and wiping butts? They did because can you imagine in the old monasteries the hygienic conditions were terrible. If one guy got a bug, they were living literally elbow to elbow. It must have gone yeah. around through all the monks. So Dogen has whole sections of his most sacred books about how to properly wash the hands and your, your bathroom care because yes. it was a hygiene issue. Yes, it yeah. was back then too. And they didn't have a theory of viruses and microbes. That's right. Yeah, they didn't even know what the causes were, where at least we do. Um, so what I find interesting, now you and I, we both work from home, right? Right. And so they're, what they did in China is that they basically told, I don't know, 50 million people to stay home for a few weeks. And other right. countries seem like this might be something that's going to happen. Yet we're in a world today where this actually, for many people, not by any means the majority, this is not a big deal. They can do their jobs from home um, as long as they have a computer and Internet access. They can get deliveries. Most people still can't. There are people who have to go out and man the shops. and Yes, people have to man the shops and people have to go to factories, but there are a large number of jobs where people can work from home. We were just trying out a new grocery delivery service, and I was talking to the guy, and he said, you're going to be the front line if they um, introduce a lot of restrictions to this. Can you deliver toilet paper? <laughs> um, I think we had some in our order. I can pack it up and send to you. It's going to cost a lot, um, and it might take weeks to get there. And anyway, I'm sure that in the post office, someone's going to see what it is and they're going to take it. Well, it is affecting our local business. I've done a, a little survey here, and a lot of the stores say the, the traffic is down. People are staying home, especially from places where uh, they, their crowds gather. Our local school, the government, there was a rumor the government ordered all schools to close in, the, in Japan. That's not exactly true. The, the school, what they've done, this is a very Japanese solution to this. They're, they they close the official school, and they're going to have unofficial school. So the kids can come, but they're not going to okay. close school. <laughs> okay. I saw, I saw in the news yesterday that Japan was closing schools for two months. That's the report I saw. 
Yeah, but the parents who have to work said, then what are we going to do with the right. kids? Exactly. So the school said, okay, send the kids anyway. We just won't call it school. <laughs> and that was, that's a lovely solution. So, yeah. you know, uh, let me, let's bring a little Zen into this, since this is supposed to be the Zen of Everything podcast. And boy, we're covering um, everything. We Toilet are. paper and viruses. Yes, but let us talk about sitting with fear. And people are afraid. Sometimes you just have to realize that in the most primitive parts, the back of the brain, there's always a tiger that's chasing us. And we were wired to be afraid to survive. There's the rumor somewhere in Buddhism that the Buddha discovered a way never to be afraid of anything. And you want to know something? I think for the, maybe the Buddha was, but I don't think that's normal psychology, if he was, because I think the average Buddhist is afraid sometimes. I am when I get bad news, and it's okay. The thing we can do in Buddhism is we can sit where there is a, how to say it, a place we find deep inside where there is no fear. So we can be afraid in part of us, and part of us actually can be beyond fear of even death. We kind of throw our, out our arms and let the universe do what it will. And we find that place when we're, we're doing Zazen. If the virus wants to take me, let it take me. There's a part in me that says that. Now, but the other part of me is scared. Uh, I almost said the S word. Something less yes. about this virus. And that's okay, too. But we try to not let the fear run away with us. Yes. A little fear is fine. Being a prisoner of fear, not so good. It's as if that there are two aspects in our brain. As you say, the, the sort of primeval lizard brain that has that yes. automatic fear reflex, but the intellectual part of our brain that's able to say, yes, driving a car is more dangerous and the risk of, of falling off a ladder is more dangerous, etc. And so we're constantly in conflict with our evolutionary adaptation on the one hand of the fight or flight reaction, and on the other hand, of being able to think things through. Well, this is a third place. I wouldn't call it the rational part. There's a place in our heart that's uh, emotional and wise that through Zazen we can touch where death and fear of losing drops away because somehow we feel everything's okay. I've talked about this many, many episodes. When we give ourselves to this, when we allow the world to kind of carry us, we merge into whatever the world is going to do. And that means that, in a sense, I'm not afraid of death. I had cancer a couple of years ago. I've spoken about this before, and I lied in the bed. Part of me afraid because my life was at risk, and part of me so yielding, so at one with the situation, I was almost joyous. To, to let the world take me. So I'm not going to say it's not rational. It's an emotional place that we reach in Zazen meditation in which somehow even this virus, it's even whatever happens is okay, the big okay. I was just thinking of something from a koan, from a Zen koan. Um, we talked yeah. about koans in an earlier episode, um, and I've just looked it up, and a monk asked Yun Men, what is Buddha? Yunmen said, dried shit stick. And yes. I'm just thinking that instead of toilet paper, do what the old Zen masters 
did they used a stick to wipe themselves yeah you know i if you go to any monastery in japan now they've done away with the sticks and they've gone for the the double plush uh, <laughs> so sometimes they're on a budget it's the single ply but no uh yes that that was good again in the 13th century i'm sure uh but uh the the point of that koan actually when saying Buddha is a dried shit stick is it sounds profane and it's meant to be. Buddha is the most ordinary and even the ugly, the parts that repulse us, parts of life are Buddha when we allow them to be. The this virus is Buddha. I know that sounds weird, but even this virus, it's it's called the technical name is the COVID nineteen. I keep wanting to calling it the C three PO virus because I never can get these <laughs> names straight. But the it's COVID Buddha. Now, what does that mean? This is an an ugly thing that scares us. The virus, by the way, is just doing its thing. The virus is not evil. The virus is just doing something very natural here. The virus is trying to survive. It has evolved to survive in different types of animals. It jumped to humans. It goes into a human as long as it can. Then it spreads to others. Um, it's just trying to get by. I even suspect, if I was to go there, that I even suspect that these viruses have some role in keeping some kind of balance in this planet. They have played a vital part in evolution. They do switch DNA from creature to creature. Some, much of our DNA in our bodies is actually virus DNA that just stayed with us. So we're not sure what these viruses do. So it's part of nature. If the tiger comes to eat you, of course, you don't like it, but the tiger is just being the tiger. So tiger Buddha, virus Buddha. <laughs> it's true. It, it's true that if we take a different perspective on all this, um, everything is just as it is and as it should be. It, it certainly is as, as it is, and we can't always do what we want to do. You know, I, 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 have, uh, I talked uh, this week, I had a little uh, technical problem with the computer, and I reacted three ways to it. The first way was I panicked. Oh my gosh, I have to do something with the computer, and uh, the computer wasn't working, I panicked. Well, it's the same when we have this situation. First, we kind of panicked. Next, I tried to fix it, fix the computer. I couldn't fix it. Well, this is a situation where we can't fix it so easily. The third was I just yielded to the situation, and the problem somehow became much smaller and was okay. I know it's so tough because this is so scary and people's lives are at risk, but part of Buddhism is to yield. When the time comes, this universe carried you into this world for some mysterious reason. You shouldn't be here at all, listeners. Somehow you were born in this universe for no reason that makes any sense. So you're all on borrowed time. When your number's up, say thank you. I know that's so tough. We're not wired to think that way. But part of us in Buddhism should learn to say, we have as much time as we have. In the meantime, that doesn't mean you have to say, oh, the virus is what it is, so I'm just going to, you know, run out and kiss everybody. Don't kiss anybody these days, by the way. Wash your hands. Take ordinary precautions. Eat your vegetables. But at the same time, part of you in your heart, accept what's going on. Don't panic. 
I think your point is valid that panicking doesn't help, but also it won't change anything. We just have to hope that the public health authorities react correctly, that we follow instructions, the, the advice of how to deal with this. Um, and there's nothing wrong with stocking up on food, because if the, the place where you live decides that you're not going to be able to go out for a couple of weeks, it's a good idea to have some food and not worry about the delivery guy. I'm certainly going to stock up on toilet paper. Within reason. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to tell people completely to just not be prepared at all. Quite the contrary. But, you know, if you're in a sinking boat and you can't plug the hole, first off, do your best. Plug the hole if you can. But if you're in a sinking boat, part of you is going to be scared. But I hope part of you really can learn to, to let the waters carry you where they will. And we can do this through our Buddhist practice. You know, if you're going to, if we're going to live through these times, let's stay calm. Human beings were our own worst enemies. And panic in the past has resulted in riots. It's resulted in people in finding, oh, the Koreans did it, or the Jews did it, or whoever did it. Well, let's, let's uh, blame them and burn them. They're doing this. Uh, I, I've had uh, Japanese and Chinese friends from the States report to me that people are pointing at them going, coronavirus, run away. You know, <laughs> the stupid people do that. Yeah. But uh, there's something in us that brings out the worst in these situations. Let's rise above this and learn from it. and. Uh, and and maybe consider that uh, this is a time where uh, human beings can show their best. And as you said, you are Buddha and I am Buddha and the virus is Buddha. It is. It really is. Now, um, I'm glad we're doing this, uh, by the way, this podcast at a distance because I, I don't want to <laughs> be too near you. I can't catch anything <laughs> over Skype here. <laughs> at least as far as we know. But I also can't give you toilet paper, so. Well, that's okay. You know, you, you can always improvise and make do with something. Jundo, you've got a whole bookcase full of books back there. I'm sure there's some that you don't need to keep. <laughs> some of them, that would be good use for them. But, you can pull uh, the pages out. It might be finally my chance to, to find out about those Dogen sticks from the 13th century. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, where do we go from here? Well, I don't know if the virus gets us. Maybe this is our last uh, episode, but uh, hopefully uh, I'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. And if you want Jundo to answer your questions, send us an email at podcast at zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.